Hello and welcome to this week's Back to Earth podcast with me, Chris Brookman. This is the show for architects, builders and surveyors all about the use of sustainable building materials. And this week I'm going to cover a presentation that I did to the Green Register and the ASBP in Bristol, uh, which is basically a wood fibre 101, which really goes into detail about wood fibre, uh, the way it's manufactured and all the different uses of it. So, what exactly is wood fibre? Wood fibres are made from tiny cellulose microfibres, so these are short sections of, of cellulose uh, in, a, in a long chain and they're held together with a lignin uh, sort of resin, uh, which is a natural resin that is, that is part of the tree. And they create structures which are, are almost like long drinking straws, uh, very, 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 very small, obviously. And these are called xylem. And these, essentially, in the tree, are, are for transporting moisture from the roots all the way up to the, the branches at the top and out to the leaves. And they can transport huge amounts of water a very, very long way vertically, which means they're incredibly good at transporting moisture. Now, on water, you get a really high surface tension, and that's uh, combined with the hydrophilic nature of the fibres, uh, the, the wood fibres, creates uh, a, a way of transporting huge amounts of moisture very, very quickly. But also, because they've got a huge surface area, the wood fibres, um, you can also adsorb a vast quantity of, of moisture vapour onto the surface of them. They also, wood fibres also have unusual phase change properties. So when water is absorbed, uh, adsorbed onto the surface of them, you get a, a certain amount of heat released and, and it creates some really unusual properties, which mean that wood fibres behave significantly differently to uh, synthetic fibres, for example. Wood fibre also has a very high specific heat capacity, which means its, its ability to store heat uh, for a, a, given, a given quantity or a given, given mass. And that's actually increased as it absorbs water as well. So uh, in, including a small amount of moisture in the, in the process actually boosts the thermal mass of the, of the fibres. Uh, this and, and, and the fibre's ability to uh, manage moisture makes them incredibly useful for retrofit. Uh, because they are, are very good at keeping existing timbers dry. So natural fibre structures, the, the, the plant fibres, are incredibly complex, much more complex than synthetic products that, that we create. Uh, and that gives them really, really useful properties over a wide range of areas, which is why they're so useful uh, in, uh, in insulation and, and building products. So how, are, how, is, how is wood fibre insulation made? There are essentially three different types of wood fibre. There's a, a wet processed board, rigid board. There's a dry processed rigid board. And there's the flexible wood fibre, which is a, a thermally bonded non-woven product. Now, the wet and dry process, as I said, are, are used for making all sorts of rigid boards of all sorts, all sorts of densities. And the, the non-woven process is used for all sorts of different flexible wood fibre products of all sorts of different densities, again, depending on what the application is. Now, for the wet processed boards, essentially you take wood shavings, wood chips, um, all sorts of offcuts, all sorts of waste wood, effectively. It goes through something called a refiner, which grinds the, the woods up into, into very, very small pieces. This is mixed with water and essentially boiled up, and that releases a lot of the water-soluble compounds in the wood. Which are, which are then removed, and then they add certain additives depending on what the, the properties they're, they're looking for are. Uh, this goes on to essentially a big straining bed and the, the moisture is sucked out of it and, and pressed out of it. And then that goes through a, a dryer and a steamer and, and the, 
all the wood fibers are steamed and, and essentially bond to each other loosely. And that forms 20 mil boards, which are then laminated up to different thicknesses. The dry process boards go through a similar process to begin with, so in that the, the waste timber is, is refined, but then that is actually dried, goes through a big, a big dryer, and then gets mixed with a polyurethane resin, which is then spread out onto a conveyor, um, graded to an even thickness, and then squashed down to its, its final sort of thickness, and then cured in, a, in an oven again. With, with steam and then machined up to the size, the final size that you need. Now those boards are produced as a, as a homogeneous board and they can be produced to any thickness pretty much, but they are a single layer all the way through, whereas the wet process boards are, are always a multiple of normally 20 mil. Uh, and then finally the flexible wood fibre products, so the thermally bonded products, essentially the, the wood is again goes through a refiner and is ground up into uh, coarser fibres that go, in, and go into the wood fibre board, but then that's, that's blown with a polyester fibre into a, into a slab essentially. That material is heated and gently pressed and the polyester fibres soften and glue the, the whole kind of structure together and you can produce bats anything from 40 up to 240 mil thickness so you can produce some quite thick material with that. So all three different processes do produce quite different products and they all, they all have um, some unusual properties and, and very very differing properties. So looking at the wet process boards they tend to be they tend to range from 140 up to 250 kilos a cubic meter in density. The dry process tend to be slightly lighter between 100 and 200 partly because to achieve the same mechanical strength you don't need quite as much material because the, the polyurethane glue is doing the job. Uh, and then the flexible bats tend to range between about 40 and 60 kilos a cube. Now the specific heat capacity is roughly the same for all the boards because they're nearly all timber, but because the density varies then obviously the amount of, of heat storage each product can have obviously is, is quite different. Um, looking at the wet process boards, the vapour diffusion coefficient for them is between 3.5 and, and 5. The dry process boards are actually slightly more vapour permeable because they, they tend to have a slightly more open structure and be slightly less, uh, less dense. Um, so they have a, a diffusion resistance of uh, a coefficient of around 3. And the flexible bats tend to be about 1, so they, they obviously are very vapour open. However, the main difference really between all the products is the, the liquid transport capability. So wet process boards are quite dense, the fibres are as they are in the tree, and they are extremely capable of, of moving moisture. So if you do get um, moisture into your insulation, those boards will quickly soak it up and transport it through the structure and, and allow it to evaporate out. The dry process boards, whilst they are very vapour permeable, are not able to transport moisture very quickly, simply because the polyurethane resin coats the individual fibres and, and prevents trans, um, transfer of moisture from one fibre to the next. And the flexible bats are kind of in between the two, really. They're, they're quite a, a loose material in, in terms of the fibres, that fibres aren't very close together, so again, they're, they're not quite as good at, at transporting moisture. And then finally, the compressive strength of, of all the boards tends to be engineered depending on, on what the final use is. Um, simple square edge insulation tends to be around about 50 kilopascals. And when you're going up to roofing, sarking boards, then they can go up to anything around 200 to 280 kilopascals, which is pretty strong. In terms of use, the wet and dry process boards are used for roof insulation externally and internally. 
for wall insulation and floor insulation, so anywhere that you can use obviously a, a solid rigid board. Dry process boards are generally not used for internal wall insulation though uh, because of their inability to transport liquid moisture. The flexible wood fibre that is produced uh, is, is nearly always used as an insulation between timbers. Um, it's, it's quite a solid material so you tend to get a very good friction fit and it doesn't slump at all. So with those different products you can do all sorts of different constructions. You can do flat roof construction both vented and unvented. Uh, externally you can have rendered facades or clad facades, again you can use it on the roof with tiles or zinc or green roofs um, and then typically down to plinth level you would take your wood fibre down to DPC or thereabouts um, and anything below DPC and ideally anything less than 300mm above ground level you would switch over to polystyrene or ex uh, extruded polystyrene so that um, you don't get any issues with moisture. Wood fibre boards and wood fibre products generally allow you to build extremely simple timber frames. Um, that's, that's really one area that the, the product works exceptionally well. Um, typically you'd have a timber frame depth of upwards of 140mm depending on your target U value. And the rigid boards would then go on the outside of that timber frame. Now the way that you detail the boards around your openings as a, as a standard detail gives you incredibly low C values. So typical accredited construction details will give you C values of 0.15 watts per meter per Kelvin, whereas with wood fiber you're looking at 0.03, so you're looking at an 80% reduction in heat loss around your uh, openings in your timber frame. So that allows you actually to target much higher U values than you would with, uh, for example, a, a PIR board in between the frame simply because you've, you've got significantly less heat loss around the openings. The other uh, property of the wood fibre that really makes it excel is the high density. Now, if you use those high density boards externally, um, they obviously keep you warm in the winter, which is the easy bit, but they also store a huge amount of heat in the summer. So during the summer, they will, depending on the thickness, they will store most of the day's heat from the sun and they actually prevent that from entering the building and then as the external environment cools the heat then gets radiated back outwards again. So using wood fibre you can turn what is essentially an extremely lightweight structure, a timber frame, into something that behaves much more like a masonry structure, something that's, that's very very thermally massive. So you create a very stable internal environment. Now the wood fibre insulation can be used on the outside of masonry as well, just as well as in timber frame. But I'm going to look at the in, uh, look at internal wall insulation because actually, actually it's a bit more interesting than uh, than the external. Now, typically you would, if you're using rigid boards, you would flatten the wall first with a with a render layer and then apply the wood fibre insulation and then you render over the top of it. Um, or if you're using the UD Rico system, you would fix that straight back to the wall. The board will accommodate the unevenness, and then again you you render onto that board. Now, essentially what happens during the, uh, during the winter months normally is that the moisture in the air uh, inside the building migrates slowly through the wall or through the insulation and, and meets, the, uh, meets your masonry. And essentially there's a, it begins to condense at the interface between the insulation and the wall. To prevent uh, too much moisture accumulating there, most systems include some sort of vapour control layer. So with the Udi Rico and the Udi In system, there's a vapour controlling plaster and with the Pavitex systems there's a, a 
latex layer within the board that's, uh, that's slowing the flow of moisture into the wall. But essentially, you get an accumulation of moisture at the interface between the wood fibre board and the wall. But because of the huge storage capacity of the wood fibres, that is then stored during the winter months uh, without any detriment to the thermal insulation properties of the wood fibre or in, in terms of its, its structure. In other words, it, it, it's not going to rot. As the weather then begins to warm up in the spring, uh, you begin to get more moisture movement, so the, sh the sun shines against the wall and that will actually drive some of the moisture back towards the interior, but then as you get um, you know, warmer winds, that also begins to, to draw moisture out of the walls, so the walls dry back out again. Uh, and so by the, by the middle of the summer, the walls are essentially bone dry again. If you calculate the U-value that you would expect uh, for, for a wall, just using, using the standard uh, conductivity of, of wood fibre, you would get a particular U-value. But what tends to happen with internal wall insulation only and, and only on the inside of masonry is that you get an increase of performance, anything between 20 and 50%, depending on the thickness of the board. And actually the, the improvement is, um, is more significant the thinner the board. So I'm guessing it's, a, it's an effect that occurs at the interface between the board and the wall. Now, we've got several long-term studies that indicate savings well in excess of, of uh, savings that you would expect by simply reducing the U-value, um, simply because the, the walls are performing that much better. We've also measured um, walls with our own U-value testing kit. Now, we started with a brick wall that had a U-value of 4.25 when we measured it, which actually was worse than we calculated. Um, with our 23mm UDIN 2cm board, we were expecting it to achieve a U-value of 2.1. But when it was measured, the U-value was 1.4, so it's performing about 30% uh, better than, than we actually expected. And the 23mm board actually reduced the heat loss through the wall by uh, about two-thirds. Now that is a, a huge saving for such a, a thin board, and it's all down to this, uh, this special effect that you get with the interaction between moisture and, and wood fibre when it's uh, in an internal wall situation. Now, this isn't a, a detrimental process. The, the boards last a very, very long time, in multiple decades. It's not a process of, of absorbing water and, and the boards getting wet and sort of slowly decaying. So this is a, a, something that happens year on year. But um, when I finally find out exactly what the process is, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, so finally then, why is wood fibre so useful? Well. PIR and, and very high performance uh, insulation can create very, very thin structural elements, um, but it's literally only on thickness is the, is the um, wood fibre outperformed by things like PIR. On every other metric, so acoustics, diffusivity, moisture management, uh, and, and things like achieving as design performance, on-site risk from, from rain and, and, uh, and moisture, uh, fire risk even, and, and also environmentally, every single one of those other metrics, wood fibre outperforms essentially everything else or every other synthetic material. For a given U-value, wood fibre has almost twice the decrement delay of mineral wool and at least 65% more than PIR. So essentially if you have uh, two walls that have the same U-value, it will take twice as long for the heat to get through a wood fibre wall, wall as it will through a wall using mineral wool and how that translates to a building in the, is that during the summer you end up with a building that essentially doesn't overheat. Um, it it's maintains its internal temperature and, and stays very stable internally. 
volume for volume, flexible wood fibre stores about 12 times more heat than fibreglass, and rigid wood fibre boards store about 12 times more heat than PIR, and around 15 times more heat than EPS. So again, it, on, on every metric, the wood fibre is outperforming the synthetic materials. This creates buildings that are very stable in the summer, you're reducing your overheating risk, so you're making the building much safer for occupants. Uh, also that, that heat absorption lowers heat demand, it can absorb heat during the day and slowly release it during the evening, so again it's keeping the, the internal environment much more stable. Its ability to manage moisture also preserves timber, so wood fibre is, is able to buffer humidity in walls and, and um, even out humidity so that you don't get accumulations in, t in uh, existing timber. Uh, it, pr it prevents mould growth and it enables safe refurbishment of building. And finally, whilst wood fibre naturally contains formaldehyde, uh, something you can't take out of it, it comes from the, the wood itself, it gives off very few VOCs. And when you combine that with its ability to buffer moisture, it, ha it has a really beneficial effect on indoor air quality, which again makes the internal environment very, very healthy for its occupants. And so that concludes this week's show, and hopefully that gives you some, some new insight into wood fibre insulation and, uh, and what it can do. And so if you have any other questions about wood fibre insulation or other sustainable building materials, please feel free to email me at chris at back to earth or alternatively, give me a ring on 01392 861 763. Thanks for listening.